G'day guys and girls and welcome to this very special edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. We're here today to review the entire trade period. We've got a lot to dive into, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guests as always on the other side, well not the other side of the desk, the other side of the room. Vaguely next to me in a bedroom. Hello. <laughs> today is Matt. How are you doing today, mate? Not too bad yourself, mate. I'm really good, actually. I mean, not all the trades I wanted for West Coast's point of view got uh, got done, which so was a bit sad. So you mean one of the two trades didn't happen? Yeah, one of the two trades. It was pretty depressing. Fifty-fifty strike rate. Right? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not terrific. But also joining us today, a special guest, friend of the podcast, and sometimes enemy of the podcast as well. We've got Brody in with us. How are you doing today, mate? Uh, a bit better than I normally would be. Expect disappointment from Frio. It's something I've become accustomed to. <laughs> and uh, today didn't go as badly as I thought it would. So yeah, pleasantly surprised here. It went really well from a Frio point of view, to be honest. I mean, you lost a, a best and fairest winner, but you brought in two great key forwards. I mean... What are, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> Something just not used to it. Uh, we haven't really had one of those for a while. <laughs> no, no. I, I think we got a message on the uh, chat today saying something along the lines of uh, Matt Tavener is now your third key forward, which is... Amazing. That's actually what he always should have been. (laughs) Alright, we're going to dive straight into the trades because there is an absolute ton to get through. We've got a lot of fantasy relevance in there as well. A lot of fantasy irrelevance too. There's a lot of fantasy irrelevance too. Oh yeah. So we're going to dive straight in and look at some of the players that you should be looking at in 2019. So the first trade that went down was Reese Conker to Fremantle. (laughs) What a way to start. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, are, are we all a pretty concise no? On this one here? Um, uh, fantasy, yes. Uh, uh, we can all assume he's not going to be picked on anyone's fantasy team. I think there is that case for draft. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, so I, I, I agree. Salary deeper cap, draft leagues. Not interested. Mm. Um, deeper drafts, mm. maybe. Um, well, he'll be a mid, won't he? I Will he be a defence re- mid? I think he retains back status. Yeah, he's okay. currently a back. Um, he played a lot of midfield this year, though. Yeah. Um, I... He's kind, kind of a of kick behind the footy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he's more a wing, though. Pushing yeah. into the midfield. Yeah. I reckon he'll be a centre-only next I'll year. Pu- I'll put it this way. If he's a centre-only, even in deeper draft leagues, I wouldn't be looking at him. If he retains defensive status, yes, you can have a bit of a look at him because he's a solid 75 to 80 average. Totally player. agree. Well, he, he averaged 74 this year, um, 68.5 last year, and 67 the year before that. I, I will say in that, though, Reese Conker definitely showed the best form of his probably career this mm, year and came true. home strong towards the end of the year and even when he had that serious foot injury mm. came back really strongly yep. from that as well so yep. he did yeah, he did I, very I well think, this year. as a mid only though no you wouldn't touch him not enough you, I mean he could be a, a string wall player if you wave a wide probably yeah very deep leagues if you need someone for a week but as a defender I wouldn't mind him as your D4 like D5 mm. I think he's a foot soldier yeah. and Ross likes those he sort does, of guys yeah. this isn't me endorsing Reese Conker as, as, as <laughs> no a player, one, no one should ever do that. <laughs> this is, I think, Freya will go into in depth later. Their mid situation is ugly with no Lockie Neal. Yeah, I mean that—that's the one thing that today I kind of went. Well, actually, maybe he might be a little bit more relevant than I thought because mm. someone needs to step in and take Lockie Neal's minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and he's got a mature body that can jump straight into the midfield. He does until he injures himself. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. another, another one we'll get to a little bit later as well. So um, we're going to push on because yeah, I, too long on, we on cannot Conker. spend more than two minutes talking about Reese Conker. I do not want to be a part of a podcast that does that. 20% of our audience <laughs> just switched off. Yeah, <laughs> um, We've already lost them. All right, Lukey Dalhouse went to Geelong. Uh, guys, we're not going to read out what they were traded for. We're just no. bringing up the players themselves. We're not reviewing the actual we're trades. only interested in fantasy relevance. Pure fantasy relevance on this podcast. So, so, center so. forward... Um, yeah, 2016, 17 games for 92.3 average. Mm-hmm. 2017, 22 games for 88.5. And then this year, 17 games for 78.6. So, so he's, been, he's been trending down in his scores. Tracking down. Um, and a and change of club going to Geelong worries me a little bit for the amount of players. And the fact that they've retained Tim Kelly next year. Yeah. yeah so I think that's worrying His average me. has trended down as he shifted from that midfield to a midfield forward split totally agree totally agree I think they'll use him as a pressure forward at Geelong so he's fantasy irrelevant for me for me as well I mean in terms of salary cap leagues I wouldn't be looking at him he doesn't have any upside for me in terms of uh, draft leagues because he will have forward status you can look at him uh, in deeper draft leagues I still think he averages about 80 
I so do I. Low some, 80s. I, I reckon think. there'll be some people that will take him on name value in your redraft. Yeah. Oh, he'll um, probably go earlier than he should purely because of that name yeah. value. Which helps you out if you yeah. can get someone else that you actually think is going to be more valuable. I totally agree. If people like Dunkley and McLean went ahead of him, mm-hmm. good luck trying to get ahead of Duncan, Applett, yeah. you know, Kelly. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah, no. so. And just looking from a salary cap point of view, his projected price is around about 560k, which no, prices him at what? Uh, I think that prices him... Oh, it's it's at what his average is, so, which is 78.5. So it's not enough for me. It's, no. There's not enough upside to bring him in, in that format. Um, all right, next trade was Lincoln McCarthy to the Lions. This one... It interests me a little bit because I'm not 100% sure whether this was a, a little bit of a carrot dangled in front of Lockie Neal because I know how close mm-hmm. of friends they are and you know that's you one more thing. You just seriously offended Lincoln McCarthy on this podcast. That's some shame right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have uh, insulted the genius that is Lincoln McCarthy, but... You know you're taking a shot at his intelligence <laughs> as well. That wasn't sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Really? Really? <laughs> you turned bright red. Listeners, I think we managed to embarrass ourselves. Oh my god. And um, <laughs> also, it could just be the fact that we're in a, a very small bedroom with Matt's one bedroom, may we add, which is, you know. Well, why wouldn't I invite you guys into my bedroom <laughs> to record a podcast? Yeah. It's, it's a little bit creepy. Your, uh, your fiance is sitting outside, <laughs> unknowing of what's happening in here, but. She does have headphones on. That, it's a good idea for her. <laughs> um, all right, so Lincoln McCarthy to the Brisbane Lions. Yep. He's going to be cheap. He had an average this year of only 49 um, from two games. 49, and his high score was 80. So uh, I also will add score. Um, DT Talk have been really good putting out the projected prices mm. sometimes it's calculated I think of their highest average of the last two years Okay. well um, Lincoln McCarthy is got a 24% discount on 50, a 55 average in 2017 yeah. pricing him at 293000 he's cheap if he's playing in the preseason I'd put him in my salary that's cap that's the issue I mean his issue has been getting on the park mm. his whole mm. career he played 17 games in 2016 that's the only year he's managed to actually get a consistent run at it he played 3 games last year only 2 games this year and to give an indication yeah. also I actually think he sneaks into Brisbane's best 22 as that 21st 22nd guy yeah. Yeah. but to give it Cam Rayner was 270 last year Jane Stevenson was 250 last year they averaged I think in the mid 60s do I think McCarthy averages in the mid 60s no. So I think yeah. there will be better rookies available, but a small forward for Brisbane doesn't inspire me with confidence <laughs> no, no, personally. No, and we're going to get... And also, they do have a few... Like you say, um, they've got Cam Rain already in the side. He's going to be taking points from him. They've got... Uh, Charlie, Cameron, Charlie Cameron, Louis Taylor. Exactly. I yeah. don't think that he's going to be scoring particularly well. And also, there are some other rookies we're going to be getting to later in the podcast who will be very cheap, and you should absolutely pick in salary cap. Yeah, so I, I think... He's probably he's a no from all. He's, a, he's an absolute uh, bypass. Probably best case scenario, he doesn't start the year in the best twenty-two, and he's a downgrade option mid-season. Yeah, fingers crossed. Even Which though two ninety is a pricey downgrade, like uh, you yeah. can save a hundred k more if someone, even after they've played a game or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I like the point you're yeah. raising. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, not. Yeah, totally it, it might board. not. It might not yeah. work. But I know this year there was a couple of points where there was just no one. To grab as a downgrade off. This podcast <laughs> is so about true. looking into the crystal ball a little bit, but I think we're looking too deep into the crystal ball on that one there. <laughs> yeah, so right. we'll press on from Lincoln McCarthy and Corey Ellis to Gold Coast. Now, this is a very interesting one for me for uh, for a number of formats. Really? Because Corey Ellis was a very good underage player. He hasn't put it on the park, but then again, he's been playing in one of the best teams with one of the best depths in the league for a number of years now. And he really came in when Richmond started to get good. But he... he you it's, say that he's also played a couple of years for them when they mm-hmm. weren't good. Yeah, and I, he also wasn't in their best 25. There were five guys in the reserves ahead of him, but easily. any one of Richmond's t- 44 players on their list probably slots into the best 22 for Gold Coast. See, I, I, I'm going to strongly disagree with this. I've done Gold Coast's list and it wasn't a fun job at all. <laughs> but they have been absolutely decimated by injuries the past few years. And yeah. I can run through some names of guys he'd be competing against. And I really can't see any scenario where he's starting for them round one next year. Interesting. Now, the guy who also was packaged in that trade, who I'm going to touch on now, is oh, Anthony he's a, Miles. He's, he's a much bigger, That's a much very different trade. situation, because yeah, he's, he's actually someone I rate as a talent. Yep. Corey Ellis, I wouldn't be... So, Corey Ellis has far. the ability to play halfback, and that's where I would be interested. If he is a pure midfielder, which I was just going to raise, 
No, absolute mm-hmm. pass. If yep. he is a half-back, and if he is playing as a half-back as well, particularly with positional changes that are on board in salary cap nowadays, I, I would so, be so very in interested. what format are you looking at him in? Salary cap leagues, because he will be cheap. He's yeah, dirt um, cheap. 250 yeah, per yeah, with Salary, salary cap. cap leagues. Yes. And maybe as your very last hesitant pick in a top-up keeper league. Maybe um, in a top-up draft, it would have to be really and deep. It, it would not be your first draft in a keeper. It would league. have to be really oh. deep. Yeah, so just just to give my point about who he would be having to get a game over. See if you if you think he's a better player than any of these guys currently on the interchange. I had Braden Fiorini. No, he suddenly found himself. Was Braden Fiorini on your interchange bench? Yes, Let me see your I, team. I'm, I'm very. <laughs> Uh, again, in and the, Braden Fiorini is better than Jack Bowes and Lockie Weller. Agreed. Okay, but in terms of how Gold Coast rate these players, yeah, I've got you. Um, Jack Bowes is the, probably the interesting one there, but he was someone who played a lot of mid time right at the end. Yeah. You he had did, David he Swallow, Jared Lyons, Will Brody, Took Miller, Nick Holman, Ben Ainsworth, mm. Miles uh, comes I into that team. I believe all of those over Ellis. I, I, I just don't. And Lemons is a coach's pet; like he's yeah, not getting yeah. dropped. Archie Sexton comes back well. in, Hanley mm. comes back in, Jack Martin comes yeah. back in. They actually have a lot of additions to that team. And mm. um, see, I think it's actually even going to be slightly difficult for Miles to get in the team, whilst I think he will. Miles will get um, in the team over Ellis. If it came down to a choice between those two, definitely. it would be just the one. But like I said, this is purely based on the fact that if he has back status at some stage in the year. If he yeah, is a pure uh, mid, not Even then, I'm not sure I'm interested. He's... I mean... We haven't seen any consistent high scoring from him at any point in his AFL career. I get he hasn't had a lot of opportunity, Mm -hmm. but even so, there's just nothing there making me feel that as an outside player, he's going to get enough of the ball at Gold Coast to warrant me being interested. I totally agree with Matt for this one. I'm not a fan personally. We'll push on from Ellis and we'll go straight into Miles because he was also a part of that trade. This one I'm... Complete opposite. I'm very interested in Miles. He is much more expensive in salary cap leagues. He'll be yeah. worth around about 410k with a 27% discount. And thanks again to the guys at Dream Team Talk. Yeah. They've done a fantastic job providing all of us with some of this information. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, that he's a he's a mid price. That is dirt cheap for the record. That prices him at about I think about a 60 average. Which uh, is 65, I think, yeah. It's so he's seriously played one cheap. game this year for 78. He mm-hmm. played five games last year for 73.2. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before that, though, when he played 19 games, it was actually part of their best 22. 86.4. Yeah. So if he can get that plus 20-point bump, you guys both agree that you think he can get up around about 85 again if he's playing as an inside He's averaged mid? 83 in his last 25 games, and that's with no continuity. Mm-hmm. I think if he can hold a spot in that team, and 85 is attainable. That, that's the if, because he's going to be competing with um, Jared Lyons, David yep. Swallow, Fiorini... Took Miller. Took Miller. Yeah. Will Brody came in with Will a Brody, Bose, surge towards um, the end of the year. That those are all guys that can play inside Side mid. mid. And, and, and have a preference for it too. And the issue is Miles can't really play any yeah. other positions. And let's also not forget that they are going to be getting draft picks this year that they'll want to blood. So ah, there'll be point. a lot of youngsters that the Gold Coast are going to want to get through there. So maybe Miles, Ellis are just pure depth players mm, in case yeah. of injuries and to give these youngsters a break. Like, I love Anthony Miles. I mean, going I like back him to him at GWS, mm. he was just the biggest fantasy slut out there. Oh, he was amazing. I, I, Jared Lyons got dropped last year and I think that makes him and Miles, Miles are probably comparable to yeah. me. Uh, I, I really like him. If he's starting round one, do you pick him right now if you had to make that call? In if he's starting round salary one? cap. No. I, I just... I, I, I think there will be better mid-prices out there. Yeah. Um, so... But in in terms of draft leagues, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd be interested. Yeah, so in salary cap, I can pick. see him being a risky one that might lose his spot early. Mm. Uh, I can see him doing a Maddie Kennedy of two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Oh god, not Maddie Kennedy. You're right. Your <laughs> your yes, pick yes. for greatest breakout. <laughs> we'll get to your breakout player soon. <laughs> no, we won't. That won't come up. Um, um, yeah, so I can see him doing a Maddie Kennedy. So I'm not completely sold in salary cap, although there's a lot of value in drafts. I can see him being a valuable late round pickup as a depth midfielder. Fair call. All right, we're going to push on from him, push on from the two uh, Gold Coast boys, and go into a um, uh, a VFL or Sandville player, actually, I believe. Nathan Kruger to Geelong. Um, He's part of that, um, uh, you know, depth pickup. 
that thing. Carlton was eligible for on traded to Geelong. You know how Carlton were meant to get mature players to, yeah. to help them, you know, yeah. and instead they've dished they them straight off for Absolutely. 19-year-olds. I mean, <laughs> fair system. You can tell that we completely agree with this uh, this system. But uh, Nathan Kruger to Geelong, he'll be a bargain-priced rookie. Of yep. course, you have a look at him in salary caps if he's playing in round one. Mm-hmm. If he's not, you ignore him completely and ignore him in draft leagues. I wouldn't be looking at this guy. I've looked at him quite closely because he was heavily linked to Frio in the, the, the previous was, draft yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a 196 centimeter he's a key forward, forward. and he's very, defender. very um, lightly framed. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Long term, a... sure, but uh, he won't play round one. I'm yeah. very confident saying no, that. Not, not at Geelong. No. Um, Tom Lynch to Richmond. Now this is a big one. All right. Ooh. Now this is I want interesting. I I'm, I want to talk about just before we get into this. Um, a particular rule change that's come in into the mm-hmm. AFL for next year. So, yeah. um, one of the changes is to the starting setup. I think I know where you're going with this. All right. Um, there will be... You will have to have six defenders, six midfielders, and six forwards at all times at starting centre bounces. So, so, once the bounce happens, though... You, you can go forward. anywhere. But, for that first clearance, or for any clearance after a goal... You will not be able to have an additional defender behind the play, like has been so common over the past decade, pretty much in the AFL. So no loose defender, third man up. It's all one on ones, which means that I think the big power forwards are going to become a little bit more of a thing again in fantasy, because it will be a significantly easier matchup for them in terms of you won't have that floating defender coming across for that quick clearance. It'll just be a one on one contest. They'll have a brief. 10, 20, 30 seconds mm-hmm. where they've got an opportunity to take a one-on-one contested mark. Yeah, And the other thing, of course, is but that... It, it, but that's assuming it's a clean clearance. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, if, if it's a contested clearance, then it's a free-for-all. It is. But yeah. that free-for-all is going to be interesting to see. You know, are those wingmen just going to bolt right back into the uh, into Some defense? Some clubs, I reckon, I they will. I think they yeah. will. To me, the, the rule, this particular rule change mm. is a bit negligible. Um... In terms of point scoring, I don't think it'll have a bigger difference. The one which may help key forwards, which I thought where you were going... Hands in the back? That's that what you think? Yeah, I was more... just about to bring that up. Yeah. There's two rules specifically which are going to help out key yeah. forwards. Um, the fact that there's mm-hmm. no more hands in the back rule will mean that bigger forwards will be able to jostle, jostle a lot more mm-hmm. and take those big marks without getting called for pushing in the back. So yeah. I, I, just, I think that the key forwards are going to have a little mm-hmm. bit... Not a massive renaissance but a bit of a push back into relevance again in fantasy football. Was it a pun, push back into relevance? <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> it should have been. He doesn't make intentional No, these aren't intentional puns, but thanks for picking it up. Um, so I think those are two rule changes which are going to benefit, and Tom Lynch is going to be one of those players that is going to benefit. While we're on the rule changes, are there any other rule changes which you would think have an impact on fantasy scoring next I was, year? I was going to get to one when we bring up Braden Pruce. So we're, there's a Braden oh, yeah. Cruz change coming up. I think we can bring up that one then. But in terms of the other changes to the rules, not so much. I mean, your other changes are about runners and water carriers, um, umpire contact, that's going to have no issues. Um, 50 meter penalties might be helpful for... Uh, they're still doing a disposal yep. regardless. The only other one that I would maybe um, lean towards helping fantasy would be the kick-in. See, this one I think has a massive impact. Yeah, I actually one. really, really yeah. think this will change things. I actually like this rule as well. Players yeah. players like Cade Simpson, um, like Heath Shaw, I mean, Heath Pretty Shaw much obviously getting on I mean, Sam Doherty, he was going to be huge anyway this year for fantasy, but he, ta- he took a lot of kick-ins that year as well. Witherden? Witherden, oh... It's well, there's going to be a lot of points to go to those rebounding depending, defenders, depending on how they decide to record it from a stats perspective. Exactly, which I'm not sure they've actually made an announcement on. Yeah. That. Okay, I have a really different take to to you guys on this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on mm-hmm. it. I think this actually hurts your kick in, or not kick in specialists, but backs who rack up a lot of plus sixes. And there's a few I'll go to in particular who are actually oh, in my keeper team, yeah, and I don't oh, like this. Yeah, I see. There's mean. a lot of Jake Lloyd. If you watch Sydney get so many 10 meter kicks yeah. straight to the back pocket, Rory Laird does yeah. something yeah. similar. Yeah. I don't think there is actually a need they for these kicks that. anymore no, I agree. because you've got an extra 10 meters which you can kind of clear that zone or run in different directions. Yeah. So I actually think it's not going to get to that stagnant point where you kick it 15 meters to the back pocket and then they kick it down the line. I actually think yeah. Laird 
and Jake Lloyd might get less plus sixes and there might be Suffering. a few other guys. Mm. So your first disposal guy in the, the back pocket. Again, I don't think it'll affect him more than five points a game. I think it could be one possession a game, but mm. I think it is something which... This is a very, I guess, next-level meta strategy, but I may not take Laird and Lloyd right at the start next year and go primos in other areas instead. I would probably agree with that, to be honest, uh, mm. because like you say, they are going sideways to the pocket and maybe only gaining 10 metres in terms of field position. That 10 metres is automatically pretty much given to you now by the distance the man on the mark has to be and the fact that you can play on immediately. Yeah. So I kind of agree with you there. It's going to hurt those cheap plus six players, but it is going to help kick in players. So players yeah, who always so take the kick in, yeah. others will lose if out. they're counted, you guys They might points. see an extra, you know, 12 points a oh, game. It could be oh, massive. It'll be way more than that. Like, Shannon Hearn uh, had a big increase this year in terms of scoring. I don't know if he keeps it up, but he will yeah. be impressive. Um, I actually hope they don't implement it, because no. it'll be too, uh, too Nathan, far that way. Nathan Wilson yeah. for Fremantle will be very, very good. Um, Matt mentioned Witherden earlier. Uh, he'll be a big beneficiary. Be, yeah. Zach Williams was always going to be an interesting uh, pick next year, but could go up even higher he now. He sure could be the one who takes those instead. Yeah. So It's going yeah. to be tough. But uh, so we'll move away from the rule changes. I, I think we've covered them. But <laughs> if going back to Tom Lynch, with Brogan, if there's not some tangents, we <laughs> yeah. go there's always going to be tangents. I mean, there's enough tangents when it's just you or me, Matt. Having a third person here is insane. Um, so Tommy Lynch, um, I do think those rule changes will help him. I know that you guys are unsure which one specifically will help more. I think both will help. So for me. I mean, right, so, so Tom Lynch in yep. 2016 went at 86.2, mm-hmm. 2017 80.3. This year he had a few injury issues. He did. He only went at 67.1, but he had a, a 139 game where he kicked eight goals versus Carlton. And yep. just for the record, that prices him at 480. So those 400 guys we cheap. were talking about earlier actually might be closer to a 60 mm. average. So mm. I, I, that like miles that gives him probably a bit more five points more room to grow. I just think. Yep. But but Lynch, um, when we're on that point. 67 is very cheap. What does he need to average to justify picking him? 80 to 85. 85, I would say. Which he has done in the past. I'd be happy with probably 80 because he's only going to be a stepping stone. Yeah, he is. You're not going to keep him until the end of the year. So you reckon 80 to 85 would be an acceptable average to bump his score up. He'll jump his price up and you can look to move him on to something. Interesting. I think I'd need 85 for me to start him. And I think he gets that. Um, Mm. Gold Coast were a terrible, <laughs> terrible so team. They're also in weather, which is a bit harder for key forwards. It's yep. often quite, you know, yeah, dewy it's, it's, and it's humid. very um, slippery. Uh, yeah, it's humid up there. So yeah. I, I completely agree. And Richmond being a much better team with a much better midfield, better he'll, delivery. He'll get yeah. a lot of good delivery. Oh, and will he play centre half forward? I th- so no, I, I think Jack Rewalt plays centre half. So, so I want to have a. I wanted to bring this up. Previously, Richmond have had Jack Rewalt and Caddy playing as a, a playing bigger than he actually is. Yeah, as their key forwards. What's the new setup with Lynch oh, in there, and how point. does it impact on Rewalt and Caddy? All right, in terms of impact on those two, I still think that Rewalt will be playing at centre half forward. I don't think he's the deepest forward. I uh, think Rewalt's the deepest forward, Ooh. and Lynch they'll use his extremely good tank. I agree. To go to centre half forward, he does have a really good tank. I reckon they'll rotate a little bit, but I think yeah. their starting positions. Mm-hmm. Lynch will be the guy that gets on his bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there will definitely be some rotation there. So Lynch will be because he's such a good contested mark. You don't want him always taking those contested marks 65 to 70 metres from goal. Though, you Rewalt, want him in the in the goal square taking those marks 20 metres out. Rewalt's a great contested mark as well. Right? Yeah. He is, but Rewalt does also... like, And don't get me wrong, I've watched a little bit of Tom Lynch, but I haven't watched quite as much. I haven't seen Tom Lynch get out on those amazing leads as much. He's a contested beast, whereas I think Rewalt has mm. the ability to... To get up and make those leads and be a be- ah. better connecting player. See, Revolt, I saw that from him back in like his first Coleman year, all those years and, ago. And he was this more year. And this year. L- he, was, he played everywhere. Lynch, yeah. I wouldn't describe as a contested beast. I think he's quite um, lanky to me. And in his first years at Gold Coast, when he first first came into the league, he averaged like 70 still because he was pushing up the ground as a, as a lead forward. Mm. And he actually, I think, maintained that role as a keeper owner. I'm someone who's been watching him closely. <laughs> and then went to full forward when the injury started to happen because he had that PCL. He mm, had yeah. um, a lot of concerns and they just didn't really have someone who could take marks towards goal. So a yeah. um, bit of a change there in role. So, so in terms of scoring... 
I, I think Rewalt holds where he is, goes up, goes down. I think Rewalt probably goes down a little bit because he had a career best year almost this year in terms of yeah, like he I was agree. fantastic. But it wouldn't be a massive change. I think Revolt's average could stay the same, but you can't expect what he was doing at the end oh, of the year because that, that was just although, although, Revolt was probably one of the most pinged players for hands in the back. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. So he, he always got a lot of hands in the back, particularly in that final the, against mm. Conway. He would get double teamed a lot. So mm, That's a great point too. Yeah. So it could be very interesting. For, yeah. All right, we're getting back onto Tom Lynch because we're getting way no, no, too... No, no, I mean, it's good to see who he affects also. Uh, though, yeah, because yeah. I'm actually interested. Josh Caddy. What happens to Caddy next? Does he go to the so. midfield? Yeah, he, he probably gets... I reckon he's the one that loses out. Do you think... I think there's enough points to go around in at oh, Richmond. I'm not convinced. Richmond, what did we say all year this yeah, year? Yeah, Rich, Richmond were a tough team to pick, but I think that they changed their tactics slightly... With Tom Lynch being in their forward line. I reckon they will funnel everything through Lynch and Rewalt, Rewalt at yeah. least to start the year. Yeah. I reckon Caddy's going to have a massive drop in So story. is Caddy caught in no man's land? Or is Caddy like someone we need to manufacture a new role for? Now, we know he's a good big-bodied mid. Mm. Maybe there's that potential which we first saw before he went to Richmond. Um, yeah. is, this, is this a wait and see? Is this just a you-have-to-watch-list caddy next year because we're not 100% sure so keeper league owners obviously you hold caddy but in drafts beware of drafting him too early yeah and also oh gee it's tough I'm gonna start with Lynch in my fantasy team next year I'm just letting you know they play Colton round one as well so (laughs) you should get at least one good score (laughs) which I still think is ridiculous that Richmond and Colton play each other every single round in the first game or every season opener yeah season opener I mean realistically I feel like it should be the grand final rematch because that will bring in a lot of people and a Carlton game's never going to bring in too many people. But How dare Richmond. you? <laughs> Rich, <laughs> Richmond will bring in a fair few. I, I suppose it always... It does get a... You know, it does get a lot of people to it because it is purely the first game. But on the same token, uh, it, it, it's not going to be a very interesting game this year. Mm-hmm. Richmond are going to pummel Carlton. This is true. Uh, which right. is harsh. All right, we're going we're to move on from Lynch because I think, yes, in salary cap for us... Yes in draft leagues and yes in keeper leagues. Yeah, I think it's yes across the board. Uh, Scotty Lysett to Port Adelaide. I think this could probably be a quick one unless you guys have any other opinions. But for me, he pretty much stays about where he is. If not, I mean, he was same realistically same. doing the same thing anyways. He's playing with Nick Nanui for half the year and it's, he was playing with yeah, Vardy for the other half. If he's the number two guy behind Ryder, same, same. Averages about 75-ish, which is what he was doing. If Ryder plays more forward and Lysett is the number one ruck... Just, just to protect Ryder's Achilles. He still didn't average that much when he was doing it. I reckon it might be a, a couple of points increase. Totally but, agree. But I was thinking the exact same as Not you. a huge amount. I think maybe a five-point increase because Ryder's Ooh, such a dominant a, forward yeah. that um, he will get more ruck time. And when Vardy you know, came in or, or when Giles came in the year before, um, it did hurt him a bit when he had to be relegated to that forward role. Uh, I'll be uh, yeah. it. Vardy was a forward. I should correct myself, but... Yeah, I think maybe... He averaged 77, I think like 82. Like, what yeah. do you guys reckon? Yeah. I, I would probably say he's about 77 to 80. Like, okay. it's, I don't think he's gone up much at all. Much for much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, he's going to go up a little bit, if anything, but, but it's pretty... So, like, I wouldn't be buying him at his price and salary cap and saying, oh, this is going to be a, no. a really, a really good pick. Yeah. Um, but for drafts, you know, right depth isn't very strong, so uh, you kind of have to take him somewhere, particularly in two dro- uh, ruck leagues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Next trade was Shane McAdam, another one of the uh, um, elevations from the lower level, and he's gone to Adelaide. Again, this is a pretty quick one. He's going to be a 180k bargain basement price rookie. If he's playing in round one, you pick him in your salary cap league, but you ignore him through draft leagues. I don't think he plays round one. Uh, I don't think he does Just to add something, I know in the Dream Team Talk, uh, I guess, page here, it says he'll be basement price. Warney raised something on Twitter. Um, He was projecting that they'll be priced... Like somewhere between average of the draft picks, so a bit more than basement. So say like oh, two twenty okay. instead if, of one eighty. If that's the case, I would suggest probably don't take Shane McAdam then, because Shane McAdam I don't think he's going to get I don't a think huge amount of games. I don't think he's going to be a big scorer. He's not going to be a massive accumulator. He's a think. he's a small forward. I don't think he's a massive accumulator, but I think there's a very good chance he plays round one next year. Um, See, I reckon they've got him in as a Eddie Betts insurance slash. Um, replacement. I get yeah, that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get that. 
Um, all right, we'll move on to the next trade, which was a uh, sort of big one, actually. Mitch McGovern onto Carlton. Mm. Um, this one's interesting. It is interesting. Um, because the worry for me here is I'm thinking, yes, you know, he's gone to a new club. He's got, the, he's got ability. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got the bloodlines as well. I mean, Jeremy McGovern hasn't lit the world on fire in terms of fantasy, but he's a very stable draft pick. Um, Pretty dependable. Uh, but... I have no idea what Mitch McGovern is going to do in terms of does he play defense because no. Carlton actually have quite Carlton good tall forwards. Heaps of tall defenders. Uh, they've got, but they've so got, many, they've got so many good key position players. He, they've got Kurnow and uh, Charlie Kurnow, and they've got Harry he, McCain. He's third perfect tall. third tall. I yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And and Marchbank <laughs> is the intercepting defender there, not <clears throat> him. They've got like three or four defenders who can really intercept. Plowman and Plowman and, uh, is yeah, very, very good. Well. Yeah. I think Weedering. I mean, I have him out the team at the moment, but he could come in. Jones is pretty good, mm. like yeah. you know. So. so yeah, I reckon he plays third tall forward. Yeah, yeah, so do I. And I reckon he takes a bit of attention away from McKay and lets McKay develop a bit. Yeah. Um, I think he will. I'm just. I'm not sure what he's going to score fantasy wise. Is the thing because the ball's not going to go down there no, a lot. I think really low personally. I, I think he's probably around about what he's going to score yeah. now. So he's probably is it. I think Price he about 70. You think he drops to about, what, 65? Adelaide's close to the best offense, and mm. Carlton's close to the worst. So I think he's so, undraftable in any format. I, 71 of, yeah, I wouldn't be taking him anywhere. The other yeah. thing is he's had um, issues staying on the park the last couple of years as well. Yeah. So, so I agree. I think he's undraftable, but I reckon he's one to look at from a keeper perspective, but about three years in the future. Yeah. So, so you don't look at him now, but no. you sort of just lock him away in your long-term watch list. So no yeah. for all three formats in 2019 is what we're saying. Yeah. Um, don't get fooled by the name because Mitch McGovern was one of the big named trades going into this year. Um, Jasper Pittard to North Melbourne. This is interesting because back in the day, you know, going back three years, Jasper Pittard was an eligible Defensive choice. 2016, 22 games, 82.3. Solid. Last year, 16 games, 76.9. This year, 11 games for 70.9. And then that downward turn. Another so, one trending down. And North Melbourne is a tricky club to pick because do they have success on the way and the ability to score more with some of the players that they've bought in who are creative players? Mm. Um, or do they be North Melbourne of the past you know, decade and just not score at all? Yeah, it's yeah. It is interesting to know mm. exactly what. Yeah, I'm not even a hundred percent sure if he's going to be best twenty-two. I was about to add. I am very confident Jasper Pittard is not best twenty-two. Oh, all right. Yeah. Who do you have ahead of him? So uh, this isn't so much as who I rate. This is from time and time again we know who North rate. Yeah. Jamie McMillan plays every week. Like he does. they love him. Yeah. Sam Wright. They, they rushed like him. him back from injury. I, they I really that, like him. I know. I think that Pittard plays ahead of Wright for me. So Nick Del Santo was on Trade Radio the other day, and he went through North Melbourne's list, and he said, "There's like no way Sam Wright misses. He, he's Oof. loved by the coaching staff. I, if he's if he's loved by the coaching staff, it is by the coaching staff alone. <laughs> because I do not particularly rate Sam Wright. Personally, I think Pittard is is going to offer more offensively. Yeah. But- yeah, I agree. I think Wright keeps his spot. Another one, Marley Williams. He's the lockdown back pocket, so he's yeah. in. Luke McDonald, he won't miss. So that's pretty much all your you half backs. So, is there an interchange spot? Yeah, interchange. So I currently have, like, a Hall comes into the team. He does. I have Atley, but he can play half back or forward. He's played pretty much every mm-hmm. game. Uh, and then I have Tyson and Paul Hearn currently. So I have him out the team. Um, and he, he wouldn't even be my first guy out the team. I have a couple guys on the who aren't playing potentially ahead of him. Mm. Well, I feel, I I just feel that Pittard will make his way into the best 22, and there may be some really big selection shocks. Yeah. But, for I mean, for me, if I was choosing a team with those players there, I wouldn't be picking Sam Wright. I would be picking Jasper Pittard in there for that offensive push. Because they need offensive push. I think That's why they got it with you, but... But it's, it's North Melbourne, and Jasper Pittard... But it's Pittard. Brad Scott, yeah. yeah. Oh, we love Brad they Scott. Right. <laughs> no, you love Brad Scott. I mean, we... We respect Brad Scott as a coach and what yeah. he's done last year in particular. He's, he's got some interesting thoughts about things yeah. but, um, and the way he expresses the, them. North <laughs> Melbourne is a conservative yeah. football team on the field. which is, But that's what they're trying to go away from. And I feel like they brought in players like Hall, like Pittard, who are going to be creative and going to uh, move I, the ball. Pittard went for a fourth round pick. He did. I think that shows what their valuation of him yeah. is. I, I think they brought Pittard in as a depth player yeah. to yeah. provide... Um, 
to, to provide depth in case one of those other guys. And goes I believe down he'll injured. play ten games next exactly. year, but he, he won't get start. Games. Yeah, I agree. if that's the case, then once again they'll go in with a very uncreative defensive line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, that's that's all I can say. I what? mean, surely they've got to break the mold at some stage because they've brought in more creative midfielders. Yeah, but they've kept the defense the same, which is where they're rebounding from a lot of the mm-hmm. time. So it confuses if me. If he does make it into the team, um, I think. He will force Luke McDonald into a pure lockdown role. Yeah, okay. I, can he, see that. I think, yeah, good free agent throughout the year in draft leagues. But just the one thing I'll come back to is Jasper Pitt, I played 11 games at Port this year. Hamish Hartlett, who was playing halfback, did his ACL round one or two. Mm-hmm. And then you have. Jared Leanett, Riley Bonner. Yeah, Leanett or Leanett. Oh, he's, sorry, he's, yeah. Um, he was a surprise. And like, and these guys overtook him. Well. Houston yeah. played every game. Houston's a good player. Um, I like Houston. Burn Jones played every game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's the worry, because Burn Jones is a bit of a coach's favourite at Port Adelaide. Maybe that's where Sam Wright and those sorts of players stay in the team, and yeah. Pittard doesn't well, get a go. There's four guys we named just there that overtook him at Port, mm. plus Hartlett, who was out of the team. Mm. Tough. So... Yeah, His decision-making at times just lets him down too much, I yeah, think. I agree. Mm. Uh, all right, so that's a no from us for uh, Jasper Pittard. Uh, we'll move on to the next player, which was traded from Port to North Melbourne, which is Jared Pollock, another one of these creative players. Jared Pollock is a bit of a mystery because he, he has runs where he looks unstoppable in fantasy, and then he just completely bundles out of right. any scoring so ability. This year, he played 22 games for 92.2. Mm-hmm. Career best year, only six tons. Wow. Out of 22 games. Yeah. But those tons were... Those yeah, tons were yeah. sizable. And North Melbourne probably had about six tons for throughout the entire, all the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so he had a career best year, average 92, got over 106 times, although two of those were 132 plus. Yeah. So when he goes big, he goes really big. But North are not a team that... Work, that, that relies on possession football. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So um, uh, he's a pass for me. I, I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap leagues. In draft leagues, I'd probably take him where where you took him last year, essentially. Um, you know, he's not a, a premium midfielder. He's that bracket below where he can score very well. Um, and in keeper leagues, if you've got him, you you probably hold him. Because I you're not going to definitely not keep him. I would be probably looking at dropping him. Drop him. Wait, wait, you would trade him or you would drop him? Oh, no, of yeah, course that. you try shop him yeah. if, if someone's off, willing to offer, but I would drop him if someone didn't give me a deal. He averaged 92 in a career-best year. Mm. I think he will, will go down at North just because of their fantasy style. So I'm putting him at like would, high 80s I mean, best-case so scenario. It, it also, you got to think about in a keeper league how many keepers they have. Yeah, and how deep the league is yeah. as well. So, I mean, we have... 20. We have 20 keepers in a 10-person league, so we have a really deep league. Yep. And we still wouldn't keep him. him. Mm. I would be... It would depend on what the rest of my team looked like, realistically. I mean, keeper keeper leagues are so individual, but um, I I suppose I would be on the fence. He's one of those guys that, because he is a pure mid, if he is only averaging high 80s, it's not enough. Put it this way. If you've got him in keeper league, you can probably drop him and redraft him the next year. He won't be going early in the top up. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, w- I wouldn't be expecting anyway. Um, all right, so next trade was Gary Rowan to Geelong. Is anyone interested in Gary Rowan? Nope. No from no. me. All right, we're moving straight on because... Yeah, it's, it's Sorry, a, Gary Rowan. No, no, it's, 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 it's just from a fantasy point of view. He's a very talented player, but he's never really shown it. All right. So much potential. <laughs> all right. I'm so ready so for this. All right. Um, <laughs> Alright, my boy. My boy, Ryan Clark to the Sydney Swans. Break, my bre- breakout pick year, of the year. Breakout player, Mark 2. Damn it. Um, Are we having a second attempt? Double down? I'm doubling I mean, double down. down. <laughs> I'm doubling down. I'm doubling yes. down. Um, we, we know that you I'm like so breaking rules and doubling down on things. So. I, I, oh, I, I really like the look of this guy. He He's shown an ability to score well when he's played in the right position. And Sydney, I know this goes back a couple of years and they haven't been... Quite as successful the past couple of years, but they have had the ability to turn you know mediocre players into special players. Okay, whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa! Are you saying that your breakout player of <laughs> 2018 is a mediocre player? You chose Matthew Kennedy. How did he go, Matt? This is your breakout player. <laughs> So like, can someone save that so clip for when Kennedy averages 100 in like three don't years? Don't try and change this. We're not talking about me. We're, we're talking about we're you. We're both yeah. sticking to our guns here. Um, all right, Ryan Clark, I think, could be a very, very interesting pickup. He averaged 70 points this year. 
Um, I don't think he's a great choice for salary cap leagues. No, no, um, no he's priced not. way too high for that. Draft leagues, you take him very late, and keeper leagues, you take a punt on him. So in a top up league, somewhere around about round six, seven, somewhere like that. I reckon he goes a little earlier than that. I it might, he might go a bit earlier. Again, it depends how many. If you've got someone like yeah, if you've got someone like me in your league, he's going to go a bit earlier than that. Yeah. So if, see, for me, I think it's interesting how they're going to use him. I'm pretty sure I remember hearing an interview on Trade Radio saying they were looking to use him for at least some of. Hanabree's midfield minutes? Yep, really? Yeah, they, so they specifically said midfield time. We see they, him as a midfielder. If they give him some midfield minutes on the wing using his outside run, he might he might come good. Because yeah. he hasn't played in a more... Not clearance, but I'm going to say... Yeah, about a bit of an... He played inside-outside in under-18s, and I think that's where Christian started to yeah. develop feelings for him and wanted to <laughs> you know, take him out on a date by him, dinner, that sort of stuff. I have no shame in that. He's played it very outside ever since being at North mm. Melbourne. Mm. Um... At Sydney now, I was thinking he may go to half-back because he was quite successful with his time there at North Melbourne. Um, and I thought he could push a high 70s average as a result, yep. freeing up a Mills or a Jones to go into the midfield. That's, yeah. that's, that was the exact thing that I was thinking of at one stage, you know, playing that floating half-back role. Yeah. Um, although we know that there won't be at clearances a floating half-back role anymore. It'll be something he'll have to push from the wing. And he's a great do. runner. So from memory, he's, he's a really, really, really Maybe runner. that's a tactic that someone like Sydney Swans would use because it is such a small ground. You can get from the wing into defence very quickly at clearances and, and free yourself up. And they could run. That is something they really like. Okay, here's one thing. We, I know we're not up to this trade yet, but Jackson Thurlow also found himself at, at, yeah. at Sydney on the final day yep. of trade period. Do we all agree Ryan Clark is far more likely to be best 22 than Jackson Thurlow? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. yeah. So out of interest, is um, are either of them in your best 22 that you've got at the moment? I have actually got Ryan Clark as like the 21st or 22nd oh. guy, much mm-hmm. to Christian's... Uh, Glee. Ecstasy is probably the right word. I have him in like I guess an indented font because I just don't feel good about it at all. But I think You've got him in bright red as well, which I love. He's the only player name in That's red. He's Sydney's only inclusion who will be new <laughs> to that team next year so that's why yeah. I did that oh, I think he also oh okay that's a better I thought you were just really annoyed <laughs> that you picked it all <laughs> just really excited um, I think he could have overtake a, a Kieran Jack or someone like that as well yeah, I, agree, the, I, agree, uh, I agree Nick Newman's gone like the, yeah. there is a spot mm-hmm. there so uh, I reckon there's a lot of upside there yeah like I, I, I agree salary cap you don't look at him in drafts yep. I reckon there's a bit of upside there. He might be a little bit of a sleeper. Now, Matt, can I ask you a personal question? Do we do we think that <laughs> we're influenced at all by Christian talking up this guy for the past two years right now? No. <laughs> I, I, I think you guys are both very logical drafters. And I don't think you're being <laughs> influenced by my man love I, I, for Ryan Clark. I Clark. actually take a little bit of offence at the fact you think Christian's influencing my drafting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Brody. Oh, and I think mate. if you stop and think about it, you probably will be as well. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Hey, mate. I know you're the current Keeper League champion, Brody, but I am the former, and there are only two I'm also historical the former, Keeper League champions. There's been three years. I'm two out of three. Yeah, as Meatloaf well, said, two out of three. Yeah. Bad, so. And how many have you got, Matt? Uh, do we push on second last year? You sure did, buddy. To <laughs> Matt's me. forever the bridesmaid. He's got uh, yeah, jeez. So both times I've made finals, it was YouTube that knocked me out, yeah. which just makes me which, laugh. Which does hurt a little bit. All right, we're going to move on to the next trade, which was Tom Hickey to West Coast. Um, is that there, there's no interest here for me uh, in uh, terms in of anything leagues. other than in draft leagues? You kind of have to take. Rucks, if you, yeah. especially if you have a two ruck league, so it'd have to be two ruck league. It, basically, where you took Lyset last year, because I he's going to average similar to what Lyset's a better talent than Higgins. Yeah, yeah. but he's so, going he's going to play for at least half the so, year as a full time ruck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in two ruck leagues, you definitely take him. In single ruck leagues, I'm probably taking him anyway as yeah. an insurance stick him on the bench. But it'll be a little bit late. Yeah, I think it'll he averages about seventy, maybe yeah. high sixties. Vardy will play, so I wouldn't touch him in a one ruck. Mm. Like, I think he'll be the number one ruckman, and Vardy will play forward. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, but I agree. I think seventy odd is probably right. about right. All right, we'll move on from him. Uh, next pick was Alex Fasolo to Carlton. Now this no. is this <laughs> only interesting in salary cap leagues because he'll be priced at about three hundred and sixty k, which is an average of fifty two. Now, if he plays, if if he was to play, say, every game for the first 10 rounds, mm. 
and you which he probably pick, will and, and you didn't pick him up I can see him comfortably averaging about 65 to 70 alright you reckon the ball is going to get to him well yeah Carlton are going only going to be better next year particularly with Sam Doherty coming they're not going to be worse and you Matt, reckon with McKay McGovern and Charlie Kernow there he's actually going to get a look at the ball well he's probably the next one behind them I mean who are the other forwards for them yeah, yeah exactly but yeah. he's still number but, four but he's not a tall forward he's a he's yeah, a yeah, Mark Lacroix type forward but they will funnel through those three yeah yeah I think he's the fourth forward there also. Mm-hmm. Priced at 52 means he probably needs about 20 points of upside to justify the price tag, I think, which would about, be which is, which is about 70 to 72. So, I reckon he's mid-60s. I think even that may be optimistic. So, I'm going to go low yeah. 60s. I would, I would watch list him and just keep an eye on how, how he's playing in the preseason and what sort of role he's playing. Because if he's pushing into the midfield a little and getting some connecting... Marks, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, he'll be an interesting The other thing watch. that we haven't mentioned is he played one game this year. Um, he played 19 games in 2017, which is good, but he only played 12 games in 2016. Yeah. So there has been a little bit of a history mm. of injury. Mm. He averaged just under 70 in that last year as well. So mm. yeah. that's... Which is basically putting him on what you need to... But him that to is average. actually At a good with one of the best midfields in the league and no forward... Key forwards that are demanding the ball. Very true, but you know it's, it's a completely different context. Zero yeah. percent chance he's in my team personally. Next I, year. I, I will have a look at him if he's playing a uh, conducive role for fantasy scoring. Yeah, sure, if he's because he's three hundred and sixty k. I mean that is very cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the next trade, which was Dan Hanbury to St Kilda. Uh, this is really interesting because. I would have... If I hadn't looked at the numbers, I would have absolutely said no. There's no chance I'm picking Dan Hannery because just watching him last year, it was not good. It was, it was painful to watch. It was horrible. If you owned him in a keeper league, I mean, I... Sorry, I guess. <laughs> um, but he averaged just under 60. That's how bad it was, yeah. which means he's coming in priced at just under 430k. So for me, he comes down... It is purely and simply... Is he over his injury issues? Yeah, if totally he's over, over, all aboard every format you can. How do you know? So if that's if, the issue. So if yeah, that's the thing. If he comes in, I mean, if you're doing your draft, you're doing it before round one. So is it just but if he's not playing the preseason? No. So is it just if he's playing in the preseason and he looks okay? You take if it looks like he's moving well in the preseason, yeah. then yeah, you're probably you're looking at him. Yeah. If he doesn't play preseason. You do not take him. Is that what uh, you're saying? I don't know if I go that far. I'd be really wary though. If he didn't play any minutes in the preseason, if they I'd, were just I'd warming him up into it, if he didn't play, any I'm minutes. not touching him if he doesn't play yeah. preseason. He's got he's got to play some. So the thing is, he's priced at sixty, as Christian said before. Mm-hmm. So once again, I'm thinking twenty is always that magic number for me. What they need to improve their average by if they're if they're lowly priced, yep. and um, so that puts him at eighty. Is that attainable? Yes. The mm-hmm. thing for me is. I watched Dan Hanabry last year, and even to even the year before that, to an extent, yeah. and he looked woeful. Like we're like, mm. oh yeah, sixty is that's really cheap. But at the end of the day, he averaged sixty yeah. for fourteen it, games. It was horrible. Under injury, it like was horrible. Yeah. He is really, really bad, and I think he's past it. And I think that showed in Sydney pushing him out the door. Yeah. I think that showed every time I listened to Dan Hanabry on trade radio, it sounded like he didn't even have confidence and was trying to yeah. like accept Look, it himself. If Sydney thought that he was past his injury issues, they wouldn't be moving him on. No, yeah. you, would, you would assume that they would keep Dan Hanabry because he is a past champion. Yeah. I mean, all Australian. Um, and I mean, well, In 2016, average of 108.4. Amazing. <laughs> 2017... 94.4 I mean and that's okay that could just be a down year what a fall from grace but, six, but I'm pretty sure 2014-2015 wow. I'm pretty sure he was going at like close to 110 yeah the thing about him also right I, I am firmly believe Dan Hanabry is done to an extent as a player like we'll never get the good Dan Hanabry 95 no. plus no. back the fact him being so cheap though, he can average eighty. He can average eighty five. And you probably mm. still you're still and making money. Justifies picking him still. Yeah. What was his injury again? Was that a hip injury or an ankle injury? I think, I think he's kind of like chronic sore bodiness. Groin, chronic OB. sore bodiness. There's there's been a lot. It's uh, all soft tissue okay. as so, well. So what I, what I, I don't think it's any one thing. Yeah. What I was trying to get to is um, 
I know, and I know they're not the same kind of player because yep. one is significantly better. But Chris Judd, when he left West Coast, mm-hmm. um, he was banged up. Those shoulders were a big issue, or the groin was a big issue. Actually, yeah. he was having a lot of issues with that. He didn't have that breakaway pace that he used to, and everyone mm-hmm. said, "No, he's not going to be the same kind of player." He went to the new team, reshaped the style of player he was, and mm-hmm. once again was a champion and a very good fantasy scorer. Is there any chance Dan Hatterbury does that? So, at St. Kilda, they are a possession-heavy team. They are. And Dan Hanabry, they he is their big acquisition, which is really sad, and I apologise for that, St. Kilda. But <laughs> oh, jeez, that is so harsh. But also the thing true. about him mm. is they're going to be, I guess, giving him every opportunity. Yeah, they want him to succeed. He'll be starting in that clearance mid, even yeah. if he's been pretty bad. They need to prove that they made a good, good choice. choice. And I think... The preseason is so critical watching him because mm-hmm. he's going to be trying his hardest and busting his ass. And I feel like we could get sucked in if he goes at eighty-five, trying his hardest, and then yeah. when it yeah. actually See, lifts I, the intensity, I don't, think, I don't think his scores in the preseason matter. It's how he looks. Okay. Yeah. So all right. Yeah. So I think we can uh, we can move away from Dan Hatterby by saying if he does not play preseason time, I wouldn't select him. Yeah. Uh, if he's playing and he looks like he's moving well or like he's playing in a fantasy conducive position. Yeah then you can pick him with... But knowing that there is a chance it will be a fail. If he's moving well, St. Kilda will get him the ball. Yeah. Can I add one thing just on that note? Fantasy, totally agree with you guys. Draft, I would steer very clear because I think someone... There will be someone in your league who thinks he's... 90 or thinks he's Dan Hanabry of old exactly for the name, and yeah. don't push for that. him don't yeah. push for him if he falls down to a very late round should be a last mid spot yeah yeah last mid spot I'm happy yeah. with that um, yeah. uh, first bench spot something like yeah. that um, alright so we'll move right. on from just before we do and we oh, don't need geez. to discuss this just one more point the role that he's going to play at St Kilda if he can't get the run in his legs he's going to have to play that sort of inside oh, role oh he's an inside yeah they have a lot of inside mids. They, uh, uh, do they? Steel was they so got, good at yeah, Steel was very good. Dunks Ross. And, um, yeah, Ross plays a little bit inside. Jack Stephen mainly plays inside. Dunstan Jack will... Stephen play, plays inside and out, let's be fair. Um, he, he pushes Dunstan out of the middle, Dan Hanabry. I think um, Dunstan's not best 22. No. He was pretty bad this uh, year. Dunst, he pushes Dunstan out of the middle. Jack Steele will still play in the middle, but if it came down to a choice, St Kilda will want... Um, oh, yeah, in there. And I think Armitage has dropped. Yeah. Armitage is gone. Right. So um, you, you say there's a lot of inside mids, but Hanbury's playing in inside in front of all of them because St Kilda yeah. ne- St Kilda need that to yeah, work to not look foolish. But there'll be flow on effects for other guys. Alex, yeah. I don't want to get into it now. Yeah, we'll move on. All right, we'll move on. So yeah. next trade was Dean Kent to St Kilda. Um, not not salary cap for me. I know no. he's price cheap ish. You know, four hundred twenty four. But, you know, deeper in a draft league, if you think he has some upside, I don't he's mind it our, very deep. He's one of our favourite risk adoptions. Oh, he is. He and almost always comes through. You just got to pick the week. Yeah, he's a pass for mine. I, I don't like the change in team, and I don't even mm. know if he's best 22. They have a lot of smaller types. They there. do. That, that is a very good point. But I think um, listening to them during um, trade radio, they said he brings something that they don't already have, which is that sort of burst speed as a yeah. half forward. It just means that I'm looking very much more closely to uh, Gresham because yeah. I think that he's going to be playing a lot more of that half-forward role that Gresham was pushed into a little bit this year and give Gresham much more midfield time. I hope so. I, like I Gresham. think Gresham was such a class small forward this year. It's a bit of the, the Dugowie syndrome to me where he's so good in the forward line, they'll have to keep him there. However, in saying that, they'll give him stints in the midfield. Mm. But I think... Mm. Um, I think Billings probably gets more mid-time ahead of Gresham because Gresham kicked nearly 40 goals this yeah. year. So Possibly, yeah. that's very valuable, mm. I think. All right, I think we'll move away from Kent, go on to the next player, which was Dom Tyson to North Melbourne. <sighs> oh. All right, this one's interesting. Um, I might... Is he best 22? Yes. Yes, yeah, he is. As an inside midfielder? I know they have a lot of options. I think... He is best 22, even if that's, like, fringe best 22. I think he's bench. I think he's playing I think he's bench. bench. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put yeah. it. Um, I, I just feel that he's going to get enough time 
to average well. Um, I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap leagues. Uh, I don't think he's going to be that kind of mid-pricer. He's one of your last mid-spots. He's one of your last mid-spots in a draft league with some upside. I know we don't want to spend too much time on North Melbourne, but Aaron Aaron Hall's coming up as well. And I feel like I kind of want to discuss Hall because I feel like these are interlinked. Um, I agree. And the midfield minutes, I think we can agree that Ben Cunnington is solely going to play inside mid. Higgins has been so good in the midfield that he's pretty much going to attend centre bounce. You then had last year Jed Anderson really coming into his own Mm. in the year and Trent DeMont really finishing the year well. Neither who I particularly rate as players. (laughs) You now have Dom Tyson and Aaron Hall coming into the midfield mix. This, I think, screws over Paul Hearn. He he Uh, won't get the the minutes that he would have previously got. It's really going to hurt. Now, I think people assume Hall's a walk-up, like, lock into that midfield because Anderson and DeMont aren't big names, but... And, and Tyson the same, but I, I don't think that'll happen necessarily. I think those four, so um, Anderson, Dumont, Tyson, and Hall, they're going to be battling for two or three spots. Totally agree. And I think the fact that Hall is versatile goes against him because Anderson, Dumont, and Tyson, they're all not. They're very kind of one-dimensional sort of I'm players. Go, I'm going to disagree with you there in terms of I think Hall is playing or playing his trade ahead of if, if it just came down to those four spots, yep. if it just came down to that, I think Hall gets in, and I think Anderson and Tyson are playing for the other one Okay, to I, get against each other. I personally think all four of them play. They should do, yeah. But um, for me, Hall, like I was saying with Pittard before, they bought in these players because they needed to shift away from that defensive style of play and move with a bit more creativity. Yep. If Jasper Pittard isn't the one doing that... Yep. Hall has to be because Pollock, yeah, can do it a bit, but oh, you know, Pollock's kind of that Andrew Gaff type player he's where he's just breaker. He's, he's not a yeah. a yeah, and he's a running line breaker as well. Aaron Hall can do something special. Okay, but so, do you agree with this then? Is that Hall can do that something special as a winger or a, a flanker yeah. rotating into the midfield? Yeah. Demont and Anderson have nothing else. No, they might as well not be in no, the team yeah, they're, if they're not playing mid, in, inside midfield. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Dumont played a little bit of wing towards the end of last year and wasn't too bad. Yeah. I think Anderson can play half forward. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they have another couple of strings to their bow. Yeah. Dom Tyson is the one I think that is on... He's going to be yeah. on thin ice. What do you think he averages? I know it's a hard a point of question on the spot. Dom Tyson probably averages 80 for me, <clears throat> which go... is not a massive increase on his 77 odd that he averaged last yeah, year. I'm going to go low 80s. I'm going to go high 80s, maybe, yeah, probably I'll go 85 to 90 for me. Yeah, yeah, happy with that. Um, which means that, no, I'm not selecting him in salary cap. I don't know about you guys. No. no. Um, Dom Tyson. And again, he's a last spot on your draft league sort of thing with some upside. Yeah. Uh, we will move on to the next uh, trade, which was Braden Proust to Melbourne. Um, all right. This is a really interesting one, not for Braden Pruce himself, but for his ruck counterpart in, or new ruck counterpart in Max Gorn. For yep. me, Max Gorn's stocks are plummeting at the moment because <clears throat> clearly Melbourne have sold Braden Pruce on the fact that they will be playing two ruckmen. They're going to try to. Yeah. yeah, and we know from history that having two ruckmen in the side never helps mm-hmm. the better ruckman's fantasy scoring. It yep. never does. Gorn was about, just for your information, about smack on 90 when Cam Pedersen retained his spot in the year, in um, spot in the team yep. in 2017, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's the sort of impact it had on him. It was a big one. Yeah. So, Although having said that, 2017 was the injury year, wasn't was it? The year he it was the hamstring. He actually really technically averaged 86, but uh, yeah, just pushing it up a bit. You probably yeah. would assume low 90s, 90 to yeah, 95. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, but I, I, what I'm saying is I think that hamstring hampered him even when he came back. True. Agree, yeah, yeah. Agree, he wasn't yeah. at full fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I get your point and I agree. I think it does impact on him a lot. So my worry here is for Max Gorn. And uh, going back, I think the having dual Ruckman is going to be a big thing now with another one of the rule changes, yeah. mm-hmm. which is the Ruckman's ability to take the ball out of the contest mm-hmm. um, and have the same amount of um, prior opportunity as any other player would yeah. um, from that uh, uh, from that bounce or from that um, uh, throw-in. So I think teams are going to want big Ruckman around the contest who can bully the other player out and you know the ball exactly the, the days of Sean Grigg as a secondary ruckman I think are now gone that's not going to happen another pun Christian go on 
Mate, mate, just picking up on all of them. These are 100% on purpose. Um, but, yeah, I just... I am worried for Max Gorn. And in terms of Braden Pruce himself, he's going to be very, very cheap in salary cap leagues. Yeah, He might be worth a look at as a second Ruckman if he's going to play every game. But realistically, you're not expecting him to average oh, In salary enough. cap, maybe that third or fourth Priced at 44, yeah. which is, puts him at 336000 oh, too expensive. So you'd that. actually have to start with him. Yeah, he'd, oh, be, no. he'd be your second starting Ruckman yeah. and you'd need him to average at least 65 to 70 Plus in order 40. to go up. Can, can I quickly add this on the Proust situation? Mm-hmm. I was with your train of thought in terms of I thought he would be in their best 22 because it made no sense for him to go to that team There's without no that reason. pitch. However, I was listening once again to Trade Radio today and Josh Marnie was saying, that, um, who is Melbourne's, I believe, general manager or list yeah. manager, one of the two, he was said when talking about Proust, he was like, yeah, it's great to have some ruck depth. Mm. And he sold him on the learning from Gorn. Learning yeah. from Gorn was the pitch, so maybe he won't play best 22. Well, here's my thought I reckon, on that. I reckon they will try to. I'm not convinced it'll work, and I reckon by the end of the year he'll be he'll be doing the backup role. Yeah, I reckon he plays ten to twelve games. That's it, what I could say. Yeah, it's it's a really harsh opinion, um, and I mean no disrespect directly to Braden Proust, but if that is the case, and he has been sold on moving to Melbourne based on learning off of Max Gorn, and there's a chance he probably won't be in the best twenty-two, or he will be rucked out. That is a stupid decision to go to. That is mind-bogglingly Look, stupid. Just because I mean, he used to be at North doesn't mean you have to Matt, be him. It had nothing to do with... Stay at North if that's Maybe the case. Maybe he just I mean, wanted to get away from Brad Scott. Oh, Maybe you should be applauding <laughs> I, I can't even applaud that. Like, yeah. realistically, you were going to be the number one Ruckman at North Melbourne in a couple of years' time. Goldstein isn't going to be around forever. Max Gorn's, what, 25, 26? I think he might be 26. 26? Yeah, He's going to be around... Yeah, yeah. But, which means that when Max Gorn is looking at retiring, Bruce is going to be almost a retiring as well. Yeah, it only makes sense to me. And even this is a real big stretch. And I didn't expect to be advocating for Bruce today. But what if he learns from Gorn for two years and then Moves Sam Jacobs on. retires? You know, he goes to GWS. Slight <laughs> chance, unlikely. I, I totally agree, agree with you, Christian. It's, I reckon it, yeah. he could end up being a bit of a journeyman. Yeah. But it just it, it just confuses. I mean, there are clubs that would have taken Braden Proust and he would have been either the number one Ruckman or the incumbent Ruckman in one or two years' time in Do this straight period. Do you think that Braden Proust should be dropped in all keeper leagues? I, the I, only reason I would keep him is I'd if drop you him. have Gorn as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd drop him unless you have the handcuff. I'd drop him in all leagues. Keeper spots are very valuable. I'd drop him. Maybe, maybe try and trade for a very late pick in this year's draft to whoever has Gorn. See if he wants the handcuff. Um, all right, we are going to move on because we have talked about Braden Proust for a little do while. Do we want to um, cut it and do a two-parter? Yeah, I think that's Yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. All right, so we are going to uh, <laughs> we're going to stop the podcast here, and uh, uh, part two coming up now.